I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Carl Hutchinson Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Hutchinson. Right straight in, no pissing about. I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm recording this one from my house uh, for the first time in seven weeks now. I'm actually home this week, so, so I just want to say a big thank you to the gigs I haven't done yet, but by the time you hear it, I would have. Leeds Wardrobe, that was a great night. Wild night, wild night in Leeds. Blackburn, King George's Hall, the, the unspeakable events that happened there in Blackburn. That's, uh, you know, what happens in Blackburn stays in Blackburn. Doncaster, Donny, Donny. These were amazing as always. And then the Manchester Frog and Bucket. What can you say? What a way to end off Sunday as you listen to this on a Tuesday, if you listen to it when it comes out. Don't know when you listen to it. But yeah, those gigs were great. They haven't happened yet, but I'm sure they were. So I'm recording this at home, back from the gym. I, uh, I forgot my headphones at the gym. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I forgot my bloody headphones. I was gutted. Had to do a big run. I mean, thankfully, I was doing interval sprints. So, you know, it's you it, you don't get as bored as if you're just doing a 5K straight through. But it's still still less than ideal, isn't it? You know, and then the weights were fine. I guess I could check my phone in between. And then I was doing burpees at the end. But it's, it's incredibly boring when you forget your headphones. It really is. Has anyone else got a mate who, like... You, you would say that to them, and it's like, they're such a bullshitter. Like, the, like their life is that, like, they wouldn't stand for anything. Anything that that goes somewhat, like, imperfect in their life. That, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that, me. Oh, no, I'd have to go back home. I'd, I'd have to go back home. There's no way. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of people say that. There's no way I'd be able to do, I'd have to go back home and get me headphones because everything in life needs to be perfect for me. That used to be me, in fairness, you know. I, uh, <laughs> some of you mates will listen to this and go, Carl, that, 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 was, that was you before you became a parent. But I guess when you become a parent, it, stuff like that doesn't matter. You just got to crack on. But no, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly do that. You know, I, when I'm on a train... <laughs> when I'm on a train, I can't go backwards on a train as well. I have to go forward. Why? Well, I don't know. Well, it's a preference, but I've managed to convince most people in my life that my preferences are, are somehow built into me biology. 
So I get sick if I don't. Yeah, that's what they're saying. They're saying I get sick. I get I get travel sick if I go backwards. No, you get you get sick if you don't get your own way, don't you? People who say they can't go backwards on a train, like the, the, they all say, I, I need to have my own way all the time. Otherwise, it's bad. <laughs> I hate people who can't go backwards on a train. I, like I hate them so much. It's just you see them sometimes, and it's just, you know, it's the most pathetic one is when you see the train pulling out of like King's Cross on, on Newcastle, and then you don't know which direction it's going to go yet, and you see them get up and change the seats because the con possibly go backwards <laughs> that's the thing if you ask people if they, why they can't they just say i just can't which just means that they've never they've never had to just get on with it before that's i think that's i think the older you get the more the more annoying that is you know if, if you meet somebody in the 50s and they're like oh i can't possibly do that why because i've spent my whole life saying it and i've got away with it so far anyway hey i'm sick of doing that voice now but that's my take straight out of the gate. I I want to just say now I don't really believe in travel sickness. I don't <laughs> like. I don't think it's a thing. I really don't. Sophie hates us for that as well because Sophie gets travel sick. I remember we went to where the hell did we go? I think it was Portugal. It might have been when I proposed to her. I can't remember now. But we went to like an all inclusive place. It was a really really nice, uh, like a tiny all inclusive resort. And you know, all inclusive. Obviously, all your food, drinks covered. But Sophie loves to go to the to the holiday meetings. Do you know when they send you like a little note to the door when you first arrive? Going like, two, you will see you at 8 a.m. tomorrow for the meeting. And, and I'll go, oh, no, absolutely. No, you, you must think I work for two. You know, I'm on my holidays. You will not be seeing me in the slightest. I don't, I don't need to go to a meeting to enjoy my holiday until I met Sophie, who loves going to these holiday meetings where they try and sell you all the, all the stuff. And one thing they were trying to sell us was going on a boat. Going on a boat with like probably about 50 other people. It wasn't even a boat. It was a catamaran. It was tiny, honestly. It was like it was like 50 people on a dining room table. It was it was rank as out, and I remember there was a big comp- competition because there were only so many spaces at the front of the catamaran to go and sunbathe. So half half the people just like went straight on, like ran straight to the catamaran and, and got the thing. So we were just at the back of this shitty little boat for about the better part of about six hours, something like that. You had to get a coach. You had to get a coach to take you there. So you had to go piss about on like going to other people's hotels and all. It, it was like how to make part of your holiday like worse than everything else and and i remember the one selling point is that they said oh but it's all inclusive and that's what sophie was saying but it's you know you get your food and your drink i was like we've got we food and drink on land we're, we're missing a day of food and drink on land for lesser food lesser good food lesser good for worse food worse there you go worse yeah we're missing a one day all inclusive on holiday so we can be all inclusive on a shitty boat and sit at the back and everyone's yeah, everyone's just in the kegs walking around. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And Sophie got travel sick. So, and she said, oh, yeah, that's right. I get I get boat sick. I was like, well, why did you, why did you want to do it? I get seasick. I get travel sick. Oh, great. Well, let's go on a boat for a day. We're only away for seven days. And one of them was wasted on a boat. I got heat stroke. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sophie got heat stroke and travel sickness. Um, and and I got I got heat stroke. It was it was the and we paid for the privilege as well. It was and it wasn't even it was like you know, all, all your beers covered and that it wasn't. It was just I think everyone got three beers and they were warm because of because of you're at sea, so they hadn't like adequately the temperature of the the it was all just like lukewarm lager at sea while you're getting heat stroke. You can't 
go to the front of the board because 25 twats have ran to the front and you've, and you've paid for the privilege. We've literally paid extra to make things worse. And, and that's, that's triggered me hatred of people who claim that the travel sick. If, you, if, if it's a real thing, I don't think it is. But I, I think that's only because I don't get it. Same thing with hay fever. I've got hay fever, so I very much am aware that it exists. But when you've got hay fever around people who don't have hay fever, they think you just, they're just like, all right, man, pipe down. And you ever tried not sneezing? Like, you ever, <laughs> what if you just didn't itch your eyes? That might, that might help. Or the worst is when you go, have you had your hay fever medication? Or the thing that I need to take so that I don't sneeze and I don't have, have I taken that? Yeah. Another reason I hate travel sickness is because on a year seven trip in St. Wilfred's, all, everyone was going to Thurston, which everyone's going to have the equivalent around the country, right? Wherever you went or had the option to go with a school trip, you go away with the school for a week and you, you're doing the kayaking, abseiling. I mean, what else is there? I, mean, I don't really know outdoors. Canoeing, kayaking, canoeing, it's pr- pretty much the same thing, isn't it? I don't know. Probably get some angry kayaker. It's not the same thing. It's been a separate thing for months, and I can't. I'm a kayaker, and I can't go in canoes because I'll be bad. <laughs> um, you know, abseiling, mountain climbing, rock climbing, all that. We stopped at a service station. Year seven, everyone, everyone absolutely buzzing. Uh, you know, first year of secondary school, everyone's going to, uh, or might have been year eight. Doesn't matter. Uh, stopped at a service station, and everyone's got their own money. But for some reason, some one of the lads just was like, oh, sir, is it all right if we'll get a Burger King at the service station? Like, how long we're going to be stopping for? So you don't need to ask. Just, just do it. And then, you know, they'll have to wait for you. No, nobody's allowed a Burger King at the service station, even though you're stopping for half an hour. Nobody's allowed a Burger King because uh, it was like three people get travel sick. So they used an excuse of, we don't need everyone being full up on Burger King and then being sick. And I was like, well, that's not how I work. I'll, I'll just eat the Burger King and then continue to sit on a moving vehicle. Because I'm not a fucking idiot, right? <laughs> sorry. If, if anyone who's got actual travel sickness, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I can't even bring myself to apologise. Like, if, if it's like, a, if it's if it's if people are going to get in touch and go, look, my whole family died because of travel sickness, then obviously I'm sorry, and I hope I'm not offending, you know. But if it's just I can't go backwards, then get fucked. But you do, you just get on with it. As, as a parent, you just get on with it, you know. I think that's that's the big positive. I mean, there's so many positives that come with being a dad. But, you know, the, the ability to just not be a big fucking baby about things now is, is tremendous. I really, it's something that I wish that I could have had beforehand. And, you know, it's a bit pathetic that it's taken being a grown-up and a dad to do that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, so you just do the workout without the headphones, be borders out, monkeys out, rankers out, the pits. I dropped my sandwich the other day and you just... Went way past the five second rule, a ten second rule, or anything like that. It was a I made a ham and oh, that's right, I made a ham and coleslaw sandwich, and I don't know how I managed to do it, but from making the sandwich, from the sandwich being in my hand to going to my mouth, I managed to drop it. I don't know how, and it kind of like fell open. So you've got the thankfully the ham had stuck to one side of the bread because of the butter and a little bit of mustard, and then you had the other side with the coleslaw and the butter and. The coleslaw, it landed on the floor, like coleslaw side down. Like, <laughs> it's just, so I just had to, you know, I didn't have time to make, I didn't have time to make that sandwich, let alone a second one. So I just had to get the two slices, of, and I just scooped all of the floor coleslaw, like there must have been some hairs and dry cat food and all that, and I just scooped it all together, I just fucking 
plowed through. Just you just got to get on with it, you know. So yeah, so I had a, like a ham, coleslaw, cat food, hair, crumbs, Lord knows what else sandwich, and I'm fine. And then there's some people who who can't travel. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm good. I think I've I've had me fun with Timpsons. The next lot of people's travel sickness. So. So yeah, when I recorded last week's episode, episode six, I was I was it got interrupted. I was FaceTiming Lily. She she can FaceTime us now. She's like uh, two and a bit. Obviously, she doesn't do it. I'm mom, but she, I I know she just gets her phone and goes to Sophie and just goes daddy, um, which is just adorable. But being away for for so long, it just like I thought I'd be all right, but we're FaceTimed, and then the first time I've heard her put this sentence together, she went there, uh, daddy, come home. And, oh, God, I was away for another two days, and it just, as soon as we ended, I just remember bloody crying my bloody eyes out. And, you know, you go, it is, it is, it is the job, you know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to do it. But, God, that didn't make it any easier. <laughs> and so you just, you just look forward to, so that's why we drove straight back after Cardiff. Big shout out to, to Cardiff Glee as well. They were, you know, all, all three, actually, like Porth Call Pavilion, Bristol, Comedy Box, Hen and Chickens, and then Cardiff Glee. What a what a great little three day run that was. That was fantastic. And then got back got back Monday and would normally go to the soft play in Pontealand. So I got up with Lily. Sophie Les have a lie in actually. So I got up at about eight o'clock. I would normally get up at six, but because I didn't get back till three, I was like, right, man, because Sophie's got to go to work too. So up at eight. And then we're like, right, let's do the soft play. Go to Pontealand soft play. You know, you tell a kid that they're going to the soft play and they're absolutely buzzing. But you have to do it like there and then. You see, you're going to the soft play. We're going, right? So we get to the soft play and some somebody's vandalized a window or something like that. So the, they have to wait for the window to get replaced. So the soft play was closed. But you can't just go to a two-year-old. Oh, sorry, darling, it's closed. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, right, we've got to go to another soft play. So I know there's one on Gosforth High Street. I know we went to uh, Hopscotch. So we'll go, we'll, we'll go there. So I booked that in and everything. So we've got to get Lily back in the car. At that point, I, I, I'm losing track that we're toilet training. So Lily had an accident in the car. Bless her. It wasn't her fault. It was me for not properly paying attention. So we've got to go back home first. We've got to change the, the cover in the car seat because that's covered in piss. We've got to change Lily because she's covered in piss. And then, and, then, uh, and then we've got to go back in the car and go to the Hopscotch via Gosforth High Street. Now, if you know Gosforth High Street, you know that if you are coming from Region Centre Metro Station and you are going towards Gosforth High Street, you know there's a little car park opposite the the Chinese. I think it's called Gosforth Palace now. It used to be called Poons, but yeah, it's, it's that big one. So the car park there. So I'm coming from Region Centre. You know, you turn right to go to the car park. Just as I was going to turn right, I remember... There were all these cars just started beeping at us from if it's it's a four way junction as well. So I'm getting beeped at from every which way. And I was like, Well, this can't possibly be for me. And then a bus came past and he was beeping at us as well. And it turns out there's no right turn. And I was like, Ah, okay, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Because I had to go home and Google Maps it, re- like see what the hell was going on. I was like, right, if I go from here to the car park, and it said, no, you definitely need to turn left and turn around at some point. And I was like, right, okay, that that makes a lot of sense now. Because I remember, I remember when I was picking Luna up from the vets. Remember when I, I started crying in the middle of this. So just before I picked Luna up from the vets, I, I was I was doing the right turn again. Uh, well, again, it was the first time actually. I did it again recently, but it was the first time I did it. And there was a pedestrian who was crossing, but he wasn't using the pedestrian crossing. So I turn right, which I'm not supposed to do. And then he like gives me such an indignant look of like, oh my god, like. 
what what the hell? And I remember he had a coffee in his hand as well, so it looked even more. I don't know why it made it more annoying, but it was it just was. And he's gesturing with the coffee, and he's like pointing at me. Do you know when somebody points and they're like they they use the whole hand, like they don't use one finger. He was like gesturing with his whole hand. He's like, come on, like it was that it was like, yeah, come on. I'm trying to get past you. Come on. I was like, so I just like shrugged my shoulders, and then he started kicking off, and and I was like, and I had the window down. I was like. You know, I said, just use the, in so many words, uh, just use the pedestrian crossing. Uh, but yeah, it turns out uh, that the reason why he was gesturing is because he probably didn't have to anticipate traffic like that because I should not have been turning right. So to that pedestrian, uh, for the little shouting match we had, I, I would like to apologise. To the drivers who were beating me, uh, also apologies. And but the bus drivers, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, there's more good than bad bus drivers. And I don't want to tar them all with the same brush. So I apologise to those as well but you know what I mean it's like I don't there's still that thing where you go don't beep do you know what I mean like I'm already committed to this right turn what's beeping gonna do all beeping does at that point is express your anger you're not you're not helping somebody else you're just being a twat I'll go past and I'll beep that's what I hear just because I'm right I get to behave like a twat you know if somebody like cuts you off you go right well I'm gonna drive right close to them why because I'm right I'm right. Yeah, I know, but you've just, you've made things much worse. No, no but I'm in the right, so I, I get to be a twat. And that's, that's what they were all doing. That's what the pedestrian was doing. And that's what the bus driver was doing. I'm right, so I get to be a twat. Yeah, like I was driving the other week and this cyclist just like pulled out. He came straight from the pavement onto the road, like in front of the car. And, you know, you just go, right, okay, no worries. Well, all I'm going to do is slow all the way down and I'll wait until the cyclist has, has gone somewhere where he's no longer my problem and then I don't have to deal with it. Do you know what I mean? But there's some there's some people who are just like, you know, beep the horn and get right close to them. And yeah, I'm going to nearly, I'm going to nearly try and kill a cyclist because I'm right. Pathetic. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So then I started texting all my mates. I was like, do you know if there's cameras on that particular part of the road? Am I going to get fined? Am I going to get points and all that? And, uh, you know, because that's happened. I've got fined in the past as well. I remember I forgot. I just forgot to pay for the, the Tyne Tunnel ones. And 
you know, it's like 190 or was what, 210 or whatever. Uh, so that's two payments for 20. And I just forgot you meant to pay by midnight the next day or something. And I just, you know, with Lily, I just forgot all about it. It wasn't until I was lying in bed three days later. I was like, ah, oh, shit. So I rang the Tyne Tunnel people. And I was like, do I have a fine coming? It was it was weird. It was like, we can't, we can't tell you. But if you do, uh, you're allowed to appeal it. And I was like, all oh, right, does that mean that, you, well, yeah, we can waiver the fine in some situations? I said, well, all I've gotten is an excuse is I forgot. Is that is that all right? And they're like, no, <laughs> no, you're definitely going to have to pay. And I think it was something like, you know, £30, £30 each way or whatever. But because I leased the car, they don't find me. They find the company that I leased the car from. And then the people that I leased the car from come back in touch to me and say, don't worry, we've paid you fine. And we've slapped on an admin fee as well. So, you know, 420 ended up becoming like 100 quid or something. So that's the thing. Now I'm trying to get, a, if, if I'm going to get fine, I'm always trying to get ahead of this, ahead of it to try and <laughs> prevent like getting an admin fee for, yeah, don't worry, we've paid you fine. It's like, oh yeah, don't worry, you got kicked in the balls, but we'll take care of that. And as an admin fee, we'll stand on your neck. So I was texting people and texting people and I didn't really get a, a, a you know, a satisfactory answer. Everyone was like, oh, you should be all right. You know what I mean? That type of thing. You, you, you automatically expect all of your mates to become traffic wardens and police officers and to give you a definitive uh, yes or no answer. So there's one guy on Instagram that I follow and he's called, uh, I was sorry, he's called Jobba, Jobba Brooks or Jobba, Jobba Books or Jobba Brooks. But he's actually, I think he's changed his thing on Instagram. He's called Jobber Meta. But I know he's a guy in the Northeast too, and particularly in the Gosforth area. And he does like a load of traffic videos of who's in the right, who's in the wrong. And big fan of his, uh, his slingshot moves and his merging in turns as well. Uh, these are all things that I didn't have the confidence to do when I started driving two years ago. I think I've said it before. It took us four times to pass me test in 2010 failed four times i was like right you know what i'll i'll stay off the roads and then lily comes along so it's not about you anymore so you know you gotta get on with it but for the longest time i would you know if you're merging it and turn 200 yards up i would just sit in the queue and i would just wait uh, like a good boy and now i just i'm right to the i will get as far to and this is my hill to die on as well i will get as far to the merging point as i possibly can and then and then you filter through because then two lanes become one right oh and i know i know it's such a divisive issue as well like i know so many people are like well so what's the counter argument to that so my argument is i'm gonna obey the the law except if it's a right turn i'm gonna obey <laughs> i'm gonna obey the law and i'm gonna merge at the point where it tells me to merge and then people go but what if everyone did that but what what if everyone on on the road did that well Surely that would mean half the traffic would half, wouldn't it? The length of traffic would half if everyone was using the appropriate lanes. The you know a, a queue of you know let's say ten meters would go down to five by definition because there's another lane. But I would like to know if if I'm wrong. So if 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 there's a counterpoint to that, and I am sure there is. Feel free to get in touch and about anything else. Carl Hutchinson podcast at gmail.com. But yeah, Jobber. I'm just going to call him Jobber. And I just messaged him on Instagram. I was like, sorry, mate. Big fan. Love your videos. Um, I'm all right. He was like, yeah, you're fine. There's no camera. So obviously I'll not do it again now that I know I'm breaking the law and putting everyone's lives in danger. So I'm sorry to the people I genuinely offended. I'm sorry. If you are beeping just because you are right, you can get fucked. Hey, this is a good get fucked episode, actually. So it's, it's people who beep and people who get travel sick. <laughs>
there was a canny little sign at the uh, the hopscotch uh, soft plate, and it was so I had Lily, and you know she she was having a great time. Finally, she got to go on. Us, I mean, our nap nap time got pushed back, like obviously because we hadn't anticipated all that. She was loving the slides. She was loving the whole thing. She had a juice. It was it was great. And then as I'm leaving, you know, you've got to like. It was just me and her, so I've got I've got her shoes and a bag and made sure she's went to the toilet, this, that and the other. And then I just saw such a patronizing sign on the way out. It was like and as I'm reading it, I'm getting more and more angry. It was like, You got your kid? Yeah, check. You got your bag? Yeah, check. And I'm reading, I'm going like, Cosa, Cosa got me kid? Of course I've got me bag. What do you think I am? Fucking stupid. And then the last one was like, Paid your bill? And I was like, Ah, I have not paid the bill. So once again, I'll admit when I'm wrong, I went back and I was like, that is a very effective sign you've got there. I was impressed with how indignant I was at the start to why it's up there. It's up there for fucking idiots like me. So that was Monday morning. Okay, the reason you are about to hear this bit is because I was just having a drink of water, checking my phone as I uh, do in the middle of recording this and, and then this came out. Father in my life I you hold my life in your hands You hold my life in your close beside you I will stand Close beside you I will I give all my life to you I give all my life to help me Jesus to be true It's amazing isn't it how Go to a Catholic school for for your infants and juniors and then just all these hymns are just forever running around your head. And then on Tuesday, me and Lily went pumpkin picking, which is a, the nice in-season thing to do. So went to a farm up on the A69. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's really good. I mean, it was absolutely lashing down the rain, so it's a bit of a shame about that. But, you know, they had fair, fair rides there, fairground rides. Uh, they had food there, but I, I did well. I, I wanted to get me, because I booked it for 10 in the morning, and I, wa- I wanted to get a bacon and egg sandwich, but I didn't. I was good. So you go... And, you know, it's just a nice thing to do. You go, you pick your pumpkins, and then you... I didn't realise you could carve them there on site as well. And it's the save the bloody day that, that you were able to do that as well, because we got there, it was booked for 10 o'clock, it was lashing down the rain. You go pick your wheelbarrow up, so it's just me and Lily, so I, I had to put Lily in the wheelbarrow and, and you know, cart her about the place. The wheelbarrows are for the pumpkins. You go to a, you go straight into a place where you can... You're in a big open field, and you get to take a photo of this big Halloween set. They've done such a nice job of it there as well. In fact, I want to find the name out just so I can... Just so I'm not getting paid for this. I just want, It was just a nice it was a nice thing to do. Uh, how do you find it? Ah, yeah, uh, Brockbush's Fruit Farm. Brockbush's Fruit Farm in, in Corbridge. I think it's Corbridge. So Lily got a photo taken. Everything's great. She saw that it was rain. She had a big rain jacket on. She saw where everyone else was going. And she just pointed to the inside where you go and carve your pumpkin. So I just picked up the first two pumpkins that were at my feet and were just cracked on carving with that. So you were meant to go at 10. The letter's in a quarter to 10. And by 10 to 10, I'm in this big empty hall. And everyone's looking at us going, you know, what's the matter with you, your head case? Like, you're meant to go and do the whole field. But, you know, it's not... You learn that as well. You know, you go... It doesn't matter what the... Because when I take it at art class... You've always got four things to do. You've got to paint something. You've got to put some pasta on something. You've got to get the sand out, get the glitter out. And for the first couple of times when I took her there, I was always like, <laughs> like it's homework. Like Lily, come on, we've got to do the four. And then, and then you realise that I think the last time she just they have music on, so she just danced. And I don't think we did any art. And you go, 
as long as the time's being filled and you're having a nice time and you spend the time with her, it doesn't really matter. So, you know, I was like, right, you don't want to go picking, fine, we'll go, we'll just go carving here. And it's just as well, because it was, it was pissing down the rain, it was horrible. So they were selling the, the obviously you buy the pumpkins and then you've got to buy the little carving kits as well. And, and it's this tiny little knife. So I give Lily the spoon and I'm trying to like, I'm go, trying to go around with this tiny little knife to try and get the, the top of the pumpkin off. Now at 10 o'clock, they come around and there's this, last with this big massive knife and she goes would you like us to take the top off for you? I was like ah oh, yes of course like I was just here early of course of course they wouldn't expect you to do that but there I was cracking on with this tiny little knife like I'm trying to break out of prison in the Shawshank Redemption as while looking after Lily who's just dancing away to the music as well but that reminded us of like you know you ever just think well this is this how it must be right so like one time I was working in I was working in Scope it was a charity shop it's in Jarrow and I was doing the Duke of Edinburgh Award because I was Mr. Nerd at school. Yeah, you do your Duke of Edinburgh Award because it looks good on your record of achievement. And your record of achievement is good for absolutely fuck all as well. But if I got to go back and do a talk on how important it is to do the record of achievement, I would, I would call it out for how bollocks it actually is. I don't know. At least you get to do, you end up doing stuff. You're, you're a lot more active than if you weren't doing that. So I, I get it. I guess why I'd say. Anyway, working in school and I was working with this guy, Paul. Uh, he was Paul was a volunteer, but I think he was like 61 or something. And he lived with his mom, I remember. And we ended up talking because we're both like wrestling. We ended up just, just getting on talking about wrestling. And then, and then he, one time, weirdly, he just slipped into how he watches a load of porn on telly. Like he was like, oh yeah, I get the adult channels, me. Like I, I love all that. And he's like saying that to a 15-year-old. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just, just telling us about how he's a big, massive fan of porn. I'll tell you, bloody Chandal, Mr. Hacker, would have loved him. But, but he's got his hands all over him. Poor Paul. I might get in touch with Paul, actually, if he's still alive. And just tell him not to worry about Chandal. Anyway, one time I get there. I'm after school. It was a Wednesday. I remember I did three hours on a Wednesday, every Wednesday, to get me. It was your service hours you needed to get uh, up. And I remember he said, "There's some Vianetta upstairs, call if you wanna if you wanna get some." And I went up, and it was in the kitchen, and there was just a Vianetta, like it was kind of melting because it was on a kitchen table on a plate. Just just imagine like a whole Vianetta. There's no plates. There's 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 no napkins. There's no knout. There's no knife. There's no cutlery. And I was like, "Well, how on earth am I meant to have? I'm just gonna eat the whole thing. I'd love to, but you know, it's a bit rude." So I remember I just got me hand out like I was getting ready to karate chop something. And then I just I just kind of sliced a bit of Vianetta off with me hand. So my hand was covered in, <laughs> in ice cream. And as I turned around, Paul had just been watching the whole thing from the door. And he just, he give us a look, like like a 61-year-old, like, give us a look, who's just been talking to us about porn and wrestling. That. He gave me a look at me to go... What the hell's the matter with you? And he went, call us some plates and knives in the drawer, you know. And I was like, oh, God, right. Yeah, of course. Of course there is. Why? Why the hell would I do this? But yeah, I was just eating a big slab of Vianetta like it was a pizza slice. <laughs> and that's what I was reminded of when I when they came over and said, you know, we take the lids off the pumpkins for you, Mr. Lunatic, if you just weren't so impatient, right? So I want to say a big thank you to everyone who's been getting in touch on the emails as well. I know we're, we're skipped a couple because we've, we've been hacked and God knows what. So this one's from Georgia Chapman. I was very taken aback by the title, which was The Nurse with Orange Bowels. 
Hello, Carl. Very much enjoying listening to the podcast while we're right. Essay is commuting to uni. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Yeah, I'm a medical student originally from Stoke, but currently studying at the University of Glasgow. The story I'm about to tell you is very well known in Glasgow, especially in the medical field. All right, big, big words, fighting words. And very impressed that you can listen to this and write essays, so thank you. One night last year, I was doing a night shift at Glasgow Royal Infirmary in the gastrointestinal, in brackets, GI department, The night was relatively uneventful, so I began chatting to some nurses and casually asked them of their strangest patient encounters. The three nurses all looked at each other and began to chuckle to themselves. They began to tell me the following story. About ten years ago, there was a nurse who worked at the infirmary in the GI department who would drink approximately five to six litres of iron brew every single day. Good God! So that's two... That's three! That's three two-litre bottles of iron brew. You go three! She would bring huge bottles in. Oh, right... Well, yeah, you know what? I remember now because I remember back in the day there were three litre bottles of Tizer that I used to drink. I used to drink three litres of Tizer every day. So here I am judging Iron Brew. She was only only doing twice as bad as me. And I would drink the Tizer, this pink Tizer, drink all the three litres. And then at the end, I would put my mouth around the top and like inhale, exhale. So I'm like getting high off the the gas. That's got to be some sort of abuse, right? That was my first... We first type a high, uh, when I, you know, drink it and then boff the bottle and get some sort of, I don't know, like fizz, some fizz high. So some some of the nurses would use the iron brew consumption as a barometer of how long the shift was left. So along the lines of, oh God, Julie's only drank one bottle so far. We're nowhere near home time. Thank God Julie's drank all of our iron brew. We're nearly finished. Fast forward a few years and the nurse was sent for a colonoscopy uh, due to some digestive issues that she was experiencing. Never in the world. After the procedure, the nurse awoke and the colonoscopist reported that everything seemed to be okay apart from one thing that they'd found in the colonoscopy. The nurse's bowels were completely orange. Yes, all those years of drinking five to six litres of iron brew every day had literally turned her bowels from the usual pink colour, thanks for that, to the bright orange. God knows what colour her shits were. <laughs> I, oh God... I asked more doctors, nurses, etc. about the story and they all report that this is 100% true. A true story and some even used to work with her and her on Facebook. This got me thinking, how much iron brew would it take to dye your bowels orange? Well, I think the answer's there, isn't it? Five to six litres a day. Would two litres a day be enough? How many Scots are... Oh, this is a sweeping generalisation question. How many Scots are currently walking around with bright orange bowels? Would this work with soft drinks of a different colour? Well, you know, I did ask ask me when I was nineteen, when I was three liters of Tizer. All the best, Georgia. P.S. Being a student, I can't justify spending more than two pound on toothpaste. Thank you. However, uh, one that really gets me is having to spend more than the pound on shower gel. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one as well. Um, all right, so orange bowls. I don't know anything about it. See, that sounds too clean cut. I, mean, I kind of want to call urban legend on that. I'm not saying that uh, Georgia's telling a lie. I, I don't know if that's just she's reiterating a story that has become some sort of urban legend. So if that, if you've heard a similar one or if you can uh, clarify that, I'd, I'd love to know. I want to get to the bottom of these orange balls. I mean, not too, I don't want to touch them or anything, but, you know, I want to, I want to find out. I want to find out how she's doing. Do you know what I mean? It's just that, that that's the thing, is that yeah, orange balls, but you know, and then she died. <laughs> oh god, I hope she hasn't. I'm laughing my head off. Um so yeah, I, that that story's left us wanting more. It really has. So this one's from David Combe. Thanks very much for getting in touch. Yeah, good, straight away, bin shitting in the subject line. So you have my attention. 
So Dave just goes straight in with, you've shat in a bin, you say. Welcome to the bin shitting club. A few years ago, I was in Edinburgh for the Fringe with my girlfriend and a group of friends, and we were staying at some uni halls while the students were away. Still expensive, but cheaper than a hotel. Yep, I've done the exact same at, what's it called? Pollock Did Pollock In the middle of the night, I woke up desperate for the toilet. I could tell it wasn't going to be a nice one. Oh, yeah, I've been there, mate. When you can tell it's not going to be good, when it's just... When I know it's not going to be a nice one is when it wakes us up. Like, I'm very jealous of people who get to wake up and then go to the toilet. No, no, Like, me needing it is my internal alarm clock. Uh, the toilet was in the communal bathroom, so I quickly ran out of the bedroom, in me boxes, went to the bathroom. Unfortunately, what I'd forgotten was all the rooms needed a key card to get in, which I'd left in the bedroom. Many times, been there, mate, many times. I tried waking up my girlfriend through the door, but didn't want to raise my voice too loudly to wake everyone else up. I've got a solution for that, mate, going forward. Plus, by then, it was pretty much too late anyway. I had to go in the bin. Luckily, I had a carrier bag with me already. Yep, 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 been there before. I was right. It was not nice. It wasn't a nice poo. (laughs) The feel and texture of... Oh, God, that's a bit much. Sorry if you're eating. The feel and texture of lava, and it stank. That's great. Um, Not nice at all. Nope. After the deed... (laughs) I love saying that, deed. I, I say deed as in dead. You know, I think that's Geordie for... Uh, the de- this isn't a nice story. This is a quick side note. Uh, we sometimes still get letters from uh, to address to the person who used to live in this house and he's, he's since passed on. And Sophie hates it. And I don't actually mean it. I just say it in you know behind closed doors. I, I don't wish any ill will on the guy. Or well, I mean, he's dead now. Or any, but if I get if I get if a letter comes through and it's it's addressed to the, I'm not going to say his real name. If it's if the letter comes through and it just says uh, you know Mr. Andrew, I go whoop, and I just throw it across the living room. And I go well, he doesn't need that anymore because he's D. <laughs> It's not not nice. I know it's not nice. <laughs> so anyway, after the deed, because he's deed, after the deed, then I had to get rid of the horrible, horrible evidence and could only chuck it in the back garden outside. The next morning, the kitchen still stank, so my friends opened a window, which only made it worse because there was a bag of shit not far from the window outside. I can still remember doing it, squatting over a waste paper bin, trying my best to be quiet, having having to go in the dark. I was so glad none of my friends woke up for a glass of water or something and saw that they'd be scarred for life. I'm sure they would. Dave from South Shields, keep up the good work, enjoying all the local references, which lots of people won't get. Well, yeah, you're dead right. I think I've... Gosforth High Street, Region Centre Metro, Tyne Tunnel. Yeah, maybe I should stop. <laughs> we'll actually know. Some, some people are enjoying it. I'll try and be a bit more... Uh, I'll, I'll try and be a bit less local going, going forward. I think I can meet, meet people halfway on that one, at least. Oh, mate, I've been there many times. So, first of all, you didn't want to... Uh, thanks for getting into it. You didn't want to wake your girlfriend up because you didn't want to raise your voice. I've had that in the past where I've got back from a gig and Sophie's been on a night out um, and then she... Yeah, that's what it was. So I didn't have my key and I couldn't wake Sophie up because she was just, like, asleep. Um, at, You know, if you've had a bit of a drink, you're a bit of a deep sleeper. So it was, I, I'm dancing around. She'd, she'd passed out, right? So she's she's asleep, and I can't wake her. So I remember what I did was, she has a slip. Mind you, you do need a letterbox for this. So you think you don't want to bang too loud because you don't want to wake the street up. You don't want to shout because you don't want to wake the street up. But you need to get Sophie up so you can get in. So what I did was, I went on YouTube, and I found a four-hour-long video of the sound effect of a fire alarm. So I put that on, I quickly turned the volume all the way up, it was like a fire alarm, smoke alarm, and then you post it through the door. So 
it, Sophie thinks that the house is on fire. She comes running down, sees it's a phone, open the door, bang, there you go. So that's, if anyone needs a little solution for that, going forward, feel free to have it. You're welcome. And I, I've locked myself out of hotels many times when I was, I like to say when I was a lot younger now as well, you know, when you'd go out on the drink after a gig, usually when it was junglers, and you'd, you know, you'd have a drink, you'd go back to the hotel, and then I've woken up, like, having slept walked outside so I've as far as I know I've went to bed went to sleep and then I wake up and I'm in my boxers and I'm outside the hotel room and I need the biggest way I've ever needed so I remember it was a nice hotel as well it was Leeds Radisson and I think I, just, I, I tried to run to the fire exit and I just I didn't make it so I just, I just pissed myself and the fire exit and that and that's only part two because obviously you don't have your key card otherwise you would have went in there so now you've got to go down covered in we ask for a key card and, you know, there's two ways you can play. You can either be ultimately apologetic about it or it's three in the morning and he works in a hotel. And I'm sure you've seen this many times. I remember I just, I looked at the guy, my pants were like, do you know when they're just stuck to you because they're wet? Like they were just, my underpants were just wet stuck to it. <laughs> and I just went, uh, well, mate, I'm really sorry, but I'm sure you can tell what's happened here. Uh, room 212, please. Carl Hutchinson, thank you. And he did, do you know what? In fairness, he didn't bat an eyelid. He just cut the key, give us it. He didn't even lift his head up. It's like, so the amount of times he's seen something like that as well, the poor bloke. And I've told somebody off in a hotel once as well, because there were, there were brain on the, somebody was brain on the door too loud. He was trying to get his mate's attention. I was thinking, do you know what I mean? Just ring somebody. Like, oh, this was in Peterborough. And I remember, like, I heard a stag do get back, and they were all, like, messing about, laughing and carrying on. The, the gall of it, the cheek of it. And I remember this guy's like, he's brain on somebody's door for ages and he's not waking up. So, and it was about two in the morning. I'm like, God, this is like, this is so annoying. So you get all geared up. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I was in my underpants, but I had my hotel card and I took that in, you know, so I'm going to tell this guy off and he's done. And you don't know what's going to be waiting for you. It could be the rock on the other side, but you know, when you get geared up and you just like, and I remember I opened the door and it was just like an older, like, like me dad's age. And it looked like it was some sort of golfing holiday, but the bloke was completely stark bollock naked. And he was, and he was covering his, his balls up and he was knocking on his mate's door. And I opened the door and I just went, and I'm getting ready to shout. And I was like, what? I was like, what the hell? And he's looking at me, like apologizing. Like he's, he's covering his knob with one hand and like waving, apologizing it with the other. He's like, sorry, mate, sorry, man. I'll not be a second. So, and he's made finally opened the door and he just like put both of his hands out like, like a star jump. And he just went, room service. So... <laughs> <laughs> so in fairness to him he's got somebody else in the hotel kicking off having a go at me and in, in his head he's went well I'm still committing to this joke I'm still absolutely I, I am sorry but I'm still going to do the joke and you've got to respect that so fair play fair play hey just like that I can see by the old clock on the wall that's another episode gone clock on the wall what's that from Remember that R. Kelly song? It was, uh, If I Could Turn Back the Hands of Time. And it was like, uh, If I could turn back there, you'd still be mine. And it, But right at the end, I mean, that's exactly how it went. But right at the end of the song, I'm pretty sure he just went, it was like, If I could turn. And you would just go, Could you turn back that little clock on the wall? <laughs> I might be remembering that right. But if I could turn, could just turn back that little clock on the wall. <laughs> turn back that little clock on the wall. Anyway. I can see 
by the clock, if people are still listening, and still by the clock on the wall, it's time to go. Again, if you're enjoying this and you haven't rated, reviewed it, I'd really appreciate that. It, it keeps us in the charts, keeps us in, in the great company that I'm in. Thank you very much. And hey, we're getting close to the end of the tour now as well. So I might as well just, I was going to say I'm going to be performing in the following, but you know, I might as well just do the, the rest of the dates now because there's not that many. Uh, CarlHutchinson.net for all the tickets. So it's going to be Leicester Y Theatre, going to be Northampton Royal and Durngate. That's already sold out, actually. Lemon Spa, that's sold out as well. Shrewsbury Theatre 7, that's going to be the second show. Uh, Cheltenham Town Hall, Bedford Corn Exchange, Redden South Street Arts Centre, I believe that's called, because uh, I'm just in my calendar now, just looking at the dates, and I've just got the city, so I don't have the venue, but you know, I've got a, I've got a pretty good memory for where I'm going to be. Uh, Glasgow Glee Club, Grimsby Docks Academy, Lincoln Drill Hall, Carlisle Old Fire Station. Oh, again, that one's sold out, so don't try and get tickets. And then you've got Newcastle Tyne Theatre, the 24th and the 25th. The Saturday is nearly sold out. There's still tickets for the Friday. Southampton Attic. Aldershot West End Centre, I believe, Fife, Rose Hall, and Harrogate Manhattan Club. Wow, and that's and that's another year. That's another year that's gone by so quickly that has, but it's it's definitely the the, the most enjoyable show that I've been doing. It, it's my favourite show to be doing, so if you can get along with any of them, that would be great. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Thank you for getting in touch. If you've got something you want to get in touch, if you want to just tell us I'm a knobhead for not liking people who are travel sick, for, for people who beep, um, no right turns, Whatever you want to get in touch for, Carl Hutchinson Podcast at gmail.com. Have a lovely week. See you soon.